Do you know everything you need to know about parenting plans? Probably not, which is why you're listening. Let's go. Episode 107 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoie. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 107 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. It is me, your host, Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy. Today, we're talking about parenting plans. They are important, especially if you have children. If you don't have children, not so important. But assuming you do have children and you're listening to this, that's what we're going to talk about today. And boy, do I have a parenting plan expert for you. Teresa Harlow is a co-parenting coach, mediator, professional speaker, and best-selling author of the book, Combative to Collaborative, The Co-Parenting Code. Now, personally, Teresa has been a co-parent and step-parent for over 20 years. Professionally, she's been spent over three decades in business leading individuals and large teams to reconcile combative behaviors, embrace collaboration, and achieve feats they thought impossible. Now she works with individuals, families, and the professionals who serve them to take collaborative co-parenting from being the exception to being the expectation. So let's talk with Teresa and get into co-parenting. Teresa, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. So glad that you're here. Um, I'm excited to talk today about co-parenting because oftentimes when I talk about that on the show, it's part of another topic, um, but I'm excited to focus on co-parenting for a change because it definitely is something that needs to be focused on. Um, So before we get into it, let's give everybody a little bit of insight into your background and kind of the path that you took to get to where you are today. Oh my gosh. Well, we don't have enough time for that entire path, but I'll just- The short, short version. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just go with this part, Jason. So I've been a co-parent for 23 years and a step-parent for 15 of those. Um, And I have written a book that we're going to talk about. And I'm also a speaker, a co-parenting coach, and a family mediator. Um, Before that, I worked in technology and business and leading large teams to implement big changes in some of them, some of the largest corporations in the world. So um, it's all about relationships, you find, no matter whether you're talking about home or work. Isn't that true? It is is true. true. So, you know, everything I learned both in my personal life and my business life really helped to fuel my uh, approach to managing and repairing um, relationships of all, of the all types in my life. And with that, I felt the calling to help others do the same. That is so great. And, you know, speaking of relationships, um, obviously people who are married are in a relationship and then, you know, people think of divorce as the severing of that relationship, which in a way it is, or it is actually, but when you have children, minor children involved, you know, that relationship um, has to kind of coexist, right? Yeah. Um, and not only with 
the parents and the children directly, but between the the parents too. Uh, right. Sometimes for quite a while, depending on how old the kids are. Um, so, you know, that's a good transition into talking about you know parenting plans and and custody agreements. And what I wanted to talk to you about today is. You know, part of what you do uh, is you help parents create these parenting plans, right? Let's let's start off with what is a parenting plan? Yeah, so when you divorce in most states, they require you to come up with a parenting plan. Some call it a parenting agreement. Um, and it basically lays out all of the um, ways in which you're going to continue being parents to your children past the divorce, how you're going to divide up your time. Uh, with them, um, what type of decisions, who's going to make which decisions about the child when it comes to their health care, their education, um, and what they get involved in from an uh, from a an extracurricular and hobby sort of perspective, and all of those things. And it also gets into how you're going to communicate with each other because, you know, while your intimate relationship has ended, that co-parenting relationship not only continues, but continues for literally the rest of your life. I'm sorry to tell those of you who might have been thinking that it would only, you know, continue until they're 18. My son is 29 and I just talked to his dad the other day and we divorced when he was six years old and we were talking about uh, his uh, upcoming wedding plans, um, because he is engaged. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't end at 18. It doesn't end after college. You still have weddings and grandchildren, maybe if you're lucky. Life, uh, we have life. Right. You have life and you're going to encounter each other. So you might as well make it work. Um, so how you communicate with each other is going to set the foundation for that, how it will occur, when, it'll, when it should occur, what you're going to talk about, what modes of communication are you going to use? Are you going to talk to each other face to face on the phone? Um, all of those things get laid out in the plan when a good, uh, facilitator is helping you, whether it's a mediator, some mediators do this as well, uh, or a coach where I do that. Um, but we also get into really establishing how you're going to approach change. Um, you know, if there are changes in your life or there are conflicts that come up, that parenting plan should provide some guidance on how you're going to address that. Um, right. So- someone that's helping you to create a parenting plan should include that in the parenting agreement. Um, and then I really like to make sure that there are some limitations laid out. Um, for instance, is worldwide travel okay? Or are there certain restrictions on that? Um, what about moving as far as the parents are concerned? Is there a limitation on how far apart you can live? Because the further apart you live, the more commute time you have between your homes, anytime you need to uh, transport the child to the other one, exchange items that the child has at each house. So I really recommend living as close as possible. In fact, my my son's father and I only lived 
this is a little bit extreme, but not not as as extreme as you can be. We we lived a quarter mile as the crow flies, as they say, right. so walking distance. It was a little more driving distance, but not much. Um, but he could, my son could literally walk between our homes as he got older. And not only was that better for him, boy, did that really relieve some stress for us because uh, everyone knows kids that are like, you know, eight or nine aren't really good at telling you the things they need ahead of time. And you may not be thinking about it right, right away that, oh, you know, soccer practices tomorrow and is all the gear here. And he tells you, oh, I need poster board uh, that's at dad's to take to school tomorrow. And of course, you know, if you're far apart, that makes it really difficult. Um, and yeah. of course, handling any special circumstances uh, that uh, surround a particular family, say there's a military deployment or there's a special needs that uh, physical special need or other special need that has to be addressed for that child. Um, those things should all be covered in the parenting plan. Yeah. I, I always say, uh, especially when I was practicing as a, an attorney, you know, dealing with these parenting plans, you have to, and even in a, a settlement agreement, you know, whatever you're, you're drafting up for the divorce, be as comprehensive and, and as, um, what's the word I'm looking for here for, for no, that's not a word for sightful. That's not, that's not a word. Um, <laughs> oh, it, well, it is. You're, you're, I'm make. it's getting late in the day. I'm making up words. That's how you know it's bad, but looking, looking forward, yes. um, you know, as forward looking as possible, there, there we go. go. And, um, you know, and as comprehensive as possible, but yeah. no matter how much you try to anticipate, uh, and foresee, you're not going to foresee every circumstance, right? Yeah. So, at the very least, the document should have and spell out because when something goes wrong, that's the first place you should go, right? That's your Bible, yeah. so to speak, uh, yeah. for your life. And so that should spell out the procedure uh, that both parties should follow if there's some disagreement or ambiguity or what have you, um, yeah. right? But otherwise be definitely as comprehensive as as you can. Um, yeah. And I, I also suggest that, you know, it's probably, it probably makes sense, uh, just like you have checkups for your teeth and your eyes, maybe not yearly, but maybe every three years, you should revisit that plan because children age, you know, everything changes in their life, parents get remarried, and a lot of uh, dynamics that you're dealing with might might have changed. So it's a good idea to maybe take another look at it about every three years. Yeah, that's absolutely. Although there, that, that could be uh, a recipe for disaster too. You know, the, the old saying, if it's not broken, don't. Well, to say, <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. But no, I agree with right. you it, because <laughs> people's lives change. So um, yeah, you, you want to update it. We call it updating. Update. There you go. Um, yeah, revisiting may be the wrong way to put that foot forward. <laughs> either way, we I, I think we got our point across. So as a coach, parenting coach, besides helping people come up with the parenting plan itself, what else, if anything, do do you do as a coach for uh, that you can help parents with? Yeah, so um, one of the things that, you, you know, you have this parenting plan, it is the Bible, so to speak, and yet not everyone always sticks to it, right? So there's failed commitments. 
um, maybe they don't stick to the schedule or the financial obligations that they've made to each other or whatever. Um, so I'll help parents to uh, figure out how to reconcile those issues. Um, there's communication issues. So resolving the conflicts that they have and how they communicate with, with each other. Maybe there's hostility in how they interact that mm -hmm. creates problems. Um, so I can work with parents on a host of, of methods that will help them to ease communication so that they can really exchange the information they need to about their children. Um, you know, on more extreme uh, scenarios, there's alienating behaviors, you know, parents that are manipulating the s situation, maybe talking badly about the other parent in front of the child or where the child can hear about it. That's, you know, damaging the, the child's view of that parent and also damaging that co-parenting relationship. Yeah. Um, uh, and then yeah, alienation, like, don't, don't get me started with parental alienation because we could talk for an hour just about that. Right. Um, I've, I've yeah. had guests on just that it's a hot topic issue in divorce, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, once you, once that starts, you got to address that right away. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know why it's, it's a controversial um, term to use in some audiences. I think, uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a thinking there that when you say alienating behaviors, it needs to be some kind of um, psych psychological designation or something to be legitimate. And, whether it is or isn't a psychological diagnosis, it's a real thing that's happening to parents. Um, and um, it it damages the parent and it's a real lost opportunity for the child to have two parents involved in their in their life. So yeah, no, we'll certainly it, go on about that one a long time. <laughs> uh, we'll do that next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it, it's definitely a, a real thing. So So that's great because as a, a coach, you're not only helping somebody formulate uh, and perhaps include all the relevant provisions that they should have in a parenting plan, but you're also helping with a lot of ancillary issues too, um, kind of to round it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I was talking about how people's lives change, right? They get remarried and such. And so a lot of times what I see is outside influences or new parties come into play and start to create problems that yeah. weren't there. So maybe the parents were humming along just perfectly in their co-parenting life. And then all of a sudden someone else comes along as a step parent or other family member that injects, um, you know, conflict into the situation. And now we have to figure out how to navigate that. And I can help with that because I have that experience as well. Um, yeah, you know, if a child ends up encountering problems with their, you know, educational problems, disciplinary problems, social issues that they encounter, maybe they're being bullied or maybe uh, they're the bully. Um, helping parents to address that across two homes is unique. Um, it's one thing to do it when you have the benefit of watching over the other parent's shoulder as they, uh, you know, discipline a child. Uh, but when you're in two different homes and not really sure what is going on there, and maybe you get one story from your child, but maybe something else is really going on. Yep. 
Um, these are the things that I can help t parents to reconcile between those homes. Um, and there's even like new innovations that come up for co-parenting, like new technology. There's applications out there that parents can use on their phone. There's our family wizard and there's yep. onward that uh, financial app that parents can, can share their financial information across uh, accounts and such uh, the, the stuff they want to share uh, just the expenses <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that maybe they don't even know are going on. Like if their living arrangement is is awkward because of distance or because of how they've arranged it, maybe they've never heard of an idea like bird nesting, which is where the parents uh, actually rotate in and out of one home that the child lives in continuously. Yep. Um, I don't know that everyone can make that work but you know i'm just saying that there's a lot of things out there that are becoming um more mainstream or at least are available options that parents in the throes of the emotion of whatever they're going through with the other parent may not have the clear-headedness to think of it yeah no you're absolutely right i i thought i thought as, as i always like to say there's different ways to skin a cat right yeah. um and so like the bird nesting is just one example of that. It, it may not work for everybody, um, but depending on your situation, uh, it may. And so yeah. it's an option, right? There's a lot of options out there and there's no, I always like to tell people, there's no really right or wrong way to do things. It's what works for you uh, and yeah. your family. Um, and yeah. as long as everybody agrees, um, you should be pretty good. Um, right. Because I know a court really doesn't care. Um, so they only care when you don't agree and then they'll make the choice for you, which usually is never good, but yeah. we won't go down that rabbit hole either today. So, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, as a co-parent, somebody might say to themselves uh, as a coach, co-parenting coach, you know, okay, so you help us kind of come up with our co-parenting agreement and, and, it sounds like you can help even draft the provisions and, and do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm going to mediation already, right? It, and as part of my divorce, I have to go to the mediation at some point. Um, and isn't that what the mediator's job is? And are we duplicating things? Is there a difference between a co-parenting coach and a mediator? Yeah, so um, there are some differences. So I'm a trained mediator as well. Um, the mediator is there to really be strictly... Uh, a facilitator for the most part, right? With both parents present. Yep. Um, they, they're they not supposed to offer solutions. Now they can give examples of various ways people have done it, but they're not supposed to help the parents create um, their plan. I, on the other hand, as a coach, am more actively involved in helping them craft the plan. Just as a coach comes up with the plays for a game uh, when it's sports. Um, and so that's one fundamental difference. I also can work with parents separately. Let's say only one parent is willing to participate. And this is a real problem with mediation. You can't do it. Right. Um, it's, it's a requirement in co-parent coaching. If one parent says I'm exasper I'm ex exasperated. Now I'm the one with the word question. That's a real word. Okay. There we go. Um, if, if they're exasperated with the other person, and they won't participate because they're like, nope, it's your problem. You got to fix it. Then I can still work with that person that's, you know, maybe feeling 
like they've been victimized by the other parent and can't get anywhere with them because there's lots of things that we can still work through to understand, dig down in, what are the triggers? What um, can you do to avoid those triggers? What can we do to redirect hostility to more productive interactions? So those are the kind of things that mediators don't get into. And the other thing that's real different is that not only do I work with them to create that plan, but, and it, and it depends on what their interest is too. It's not forced on them, but I do encourage them to keep engaged with me long enough that we can uh, work on accountability for both parents of that, of that um, parenting plan or whatever uh, conflict resolution we came up with hold, then I help hold them to their commitments. Uh, Whereas if the parents are on their own, holding each other to the commitments may be where all the problem starts, you know? Uh, So I can be that third party to to hold them accountable and uh, follow along with them as they implement the solutions and and give them feedback, maybe even revise and correct course if we find that the solution we thought would work doesn't work in reality then we can tweak it. And uh, so that's really the big differences between co-parent coaching and the mediation. Do you typically, Teresa, do you typically work with both parents or one of them? It's it's really about 50-50. Okay. Generally, I have one parent coming to me. Um, you know, Jason, you mentioned the alienation. And in those cases, it's typically one parent I'm working with because yeah. uh, they're on the end of, the being the recipient of that behavior and they cannot get engagement from the other parents. So I help them dig down into uh, understanding why are they acting that way? Let's dig down into it from what your perspective, what you know, what have you done? What things have you said to them? And, you know, just kind of peeling away that onion um, until we uncover some options that open up opportunities for them to maybe take a step uh, back toward um, that relationship. Yeah, you know, and as you're explaining this, um, I was thinking to myself, it's kind of like, you know, they're also getting, your your clients are getting, you know, therapy as as part of this. But then I I said to myself, no, it's not. Um, And and that's the same thing with like with my coaching. there is some semblance of a therapeutic aspect to what we do, right? Because we we're, we help kind of alleviate stress and anxiety and and keep them as level as we can uh, as a coach. But it's what we do is is practical based, right? And, you know, and, and we're coming up with practical solutions for them to 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 move forward and deal with their situation. It's not it's not really therapy at all. Um, so. That's and what therapists a therapist would probably disagree with most of what I do, frankly, um, because I tell them, here are the things you need to, to try. Here are the things you need to do. Now, I, I do like to get their buy-in to it, right? It's no good for me to just say, right. here are the things to do, and then think, oh, I don't think those are great ideas. I mean, we get buy-in, right? I have to, um, yeah. Um, but right, we come up with solutions and options. And um, exactly. it, we we a lot of what we do as coaches, I think, is present them with options that they weren't aware about, um, you know, and, and it's really empowering them with information. Um, um, and then at the end of the day, it's always their decision on, on 
what they want to do or try. And um, yeah, so I don't know how I got into that, but it was occurring to me when you were talking and I was like, yeah, you know, um, what we do is very similar. I mean, we're both right. coaches, so it should be. But um, <laughs> talk to me a little bit. We have a few minutes left. Um, there's something coming up called Shared Parenting Day. Yeah. So Shared Parenting Day is April 26th uh, each year. And um, I am partnering with the National Parent Organization uh, to celebrate um, Shared Parenting Day. And what it is, is April 26th is the um, anniversary of the signing of the first explicit 50-50 shared parenting bill at a state level in the United States, and it was in Kentucky. Um, so we're hosting a virtual event on April 26th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be virtual. Um, and we're going to have a lot of information. This is directed to co-parents, directly to the co-parents. So this is going to be super awesome information that co-parents can use. Um, there's going to be... Um, tips on how to navigate the family court system. Um, I'm going to present my three C's of co-parenting collaboration workshop. Um, and we have 10 organizations that are advocating for shared parenting that are really all coming together to honor shared parenting day. Um, and I understand there's a couple cameos of two minor celebrities that um, for which, you know, co-parenting is a major focus of theirs that are going to uh, also be involved in the event. So um, really excited to do it. Um, in the past, they have honored the day, but they haven't until this year. This will be the inaugural International Shared Parenting Day event. Um, yeah, I wasn't so aware of it. Um myself. Yeah. Um, so I think that's awesome. Shared parenting. Yeah. Day. And, and it's an official day on the calendar in Kentucky and a couple other states and oddly the city of like either El Paso or San Antonio. I think it's El Paso, but I'm not sure which. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, those city, that city chose to designate it. And we're working on getting the designation in Canada right now. Oh, wow. um, and when I say we, it's really National Parents Organization, not me so much, but um, I'm their partner. So, uh, but yeah, so I invite all parents uh, who are parenting separately or co-parenting to uh, check out the event. Uh, there'll be a registration available uh, coming in April and uh, sign up will be required ahead of time to give you all the information to get in, but it's it free. It's free. So, and, and yes, it's, you know, it's Zoom after work. I'm sorry, but it does make it really accessible for everyone. And you can do it in your pajamas or whatever you want or why you eat dinner. Yeah. I know we're all Zoomed out, but right. What, what's another, what's another hour or so? Uh, and this is, can be really helpful for you. So I definitely encourage yeah. where, when the reg registration link is available, where can people register? So it'll be available on my website at TeresaHarlow.com. It'll also be available on sharedparenting.org, which is the National Parents Organization website. Great. Um, awesome. Yeah. So and 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 last but not least, Teresa, I want I want you to talk about um you're also 
an author, right? Yeah. Um, and you have a book combative to collaborative. So uh, just give everybody a little bit of a synopsis of what the book is about and maybe where they can read it. Yeah. So the book combative to collaborative, the co-parenting code is uh, basically uh, it covers all the stages of co-parenting, whether you're new to co-parenting, you've been at it a while, or maybe you've never been able to get it going with your co-parent. Uh, and it lays a roadmap out for any parent to take that on. Uh, basically, I go through a specific topic. I pick a topic that co-parents encounter uniquely. And we talk about what are the things that go badly about that? Uh, how do people demonstrate combative behaviors to each other? And I highlight those. And sometimes I've had... I've had others that have read it, even divorce attorneys said, you know, I read your book and I realized that I actually demonstrate some of those combative behaviors with my ex. Oh, that's <laughs> so, very insightful of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, even if you've been at it a while, you may not realize the triggers you you put out there. Absolutely. Um, but we highlight those. Then I share a story that either is from my experience or someone close to me who shared their experience with me. Uh, and sometimes those stories go badly. Sometimes they go well, but it's all in relation to the topic in that chapter. And then I give a list of do's and don'ts to help people stay aligned to collaborative behavior and a list of questions or thoughts to provoke them staying aligned to the underpinning of the whole book and, and, and how I really help or really kind of uh, encourage people to live their life, not only in this relationship, but other relationships by, and that's treat others the way you want to be treated, live by the golden rule. Yep, so absolutely. The, the end of each chapter gives them thoughts to kind of bring them back to that point. That's awesome. I, I think it's a great resource. Um, I was telling you before we got on air, I started reading it and, and I love it so far. And I, I can't wait to to finish it and and suggest it to uh, my clients who I work with who have uh, some parenting issues. Um, and where can people find the book? Yeah, so it's available on Amazon. You can get it on my website if you want a signed copy. Um, or if you're a family professional and you want bulk order, you know, books, you can get it through me there. Um, and it's also available. I'll say it this way. It's available in retail, but I don't think many retail stores are actually carrying it on their shelf. But if you went in and asked for it, they could order it. Right. That's awesome. I know. Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of retail stores are closing all over the place and, uh, yeah, yeah everything's Amazon these days, but, um, yeah, you if you're gonna... bring it back though, you know, it's kind of like the coffee shop thing. Those are coming back, the the mom and pa sort of coffee shops. Yeah, are they by you? Not over well, here. They are, they are here. Oh, I would love I love those places. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but it's like everything comes full circle, right? They closed down and then now they're coming back. Um yeah. so I centralized, love that. decentralized, centralized, decentralized. This reminds me of my corporate life. The life cycle, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, Teresa, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Well, um, I think it was a great uh, conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, um, it was fun. to have you on again. Sure. Appreciate it, Jason. All right. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Teresa and myself about co-parenting. And I love the idea of trying to be collaborative versus combative, right? Collaborative will always work better. Uh, and sometimes you got to work a little bit to 
get there, but definitely uh, combative is not going to be in your best interest or your children's best interest. So if you're looking for help with your divorce and you like to talk with me as a divorce coach, just hit me up, Jason at JasonLavoy.com. You can reach me at my website, JasonLavoy.com. I do group and individual divorce coaching. Um, and so talk to me about the programs that I offer. Right now I am running three different programs. Uh, so there is something for everybody. And uh, if you like the podcast and you're enjoying what you're listening to, please take a minute. I would very much appreciate if you left a kind review on um, Apple Podcasts. Um, it really helps spread the word and it just takes but a minute of your time. So thank you in advance if you go ahead and do that. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.